0: I'll buy me a football team. <laughs> Absolute rubbish, laddies. Get on with your work. Repeat after me. An acre is the area of a rectangle whose length is one furrow and whose width is one trail.
2: Another brick in the wall. Pink Floyd. Good evening. On this Monday night, Jeffrey Bennett sitting in for Maggie Rose on the Concord Lantern. Glad to be here, Maggie. We'll be back with you next Monday. She's uh, had some issues she's had to take care of and deal with. We all run into it, my friends. What's the purpose, Bennett, of opening with Pink Floyd Another brick in the wall. piece of music that I continue to be drawn to quite often. And as many of you know, music becomes a very important part of what I attempt to do on air. From the book of Proverbs, twenty-two, sixteen: Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I' going to introduce you to' Le Trop- Le Metropolis Cafe tonight, something I've not spoken about on the air for a long time. something that has been eating me, prevents me from sleeping at night. There are nights that I wake up having nightmares about Metropolis.cafe, one of our websites. But you see, it becomes simple. The process of re-educating our children, my friends, begins right here. Whether it be on the air or whether it be at our website, metropolis.cafe. Many of us wonder why schools increasingly devote their time and attention to meeting federal requirements, even though... Under the Tenth Amendment to the United States Constitution, education is a state and local prerogative. Through the 1960s, and so many of us went to school then, the three top disciplinary offenses were talking, chewing gum, and running in the hallways. (laughs) Imagine that. But the top offenses in our public schools for the past few decades are murder, murder, Drug abuse, rape, abortion, suicide, gang warfare, sexually transmitted disease, and today the teaching of sexual perversion in the classroom has crept into the fold. Oh, and that names just but a few. For centuries and up to the early 1960s, America had the most premier education system in the world, which was the envy of other nations, my friends. Our children could read and write and add and subtract and understand basic science principles. And they could also recite historic speeches given by our founding fathers as related to our constitutional and God-given unalienable rights and freedoms. And I'm sorry to say that no longer is this the case. Something is dreadfully wrong with the education village of America the complete breakdown of America's government controlled education system through indoctrination and socialism our public school system is in a moral free fall and today we're truly in a public education crisis and the government funds just keep rolling in being in the seventh decade in this life my friends I continue to Look back in awe of all the many changes which have occurred, not just in my lifetime, but throughout history. History, something that is no longer dealt with to any degree of honesty in this nation, especially in the public education system. When did it all begin to change? When was truth removed from our system? It may have left the system, but frankly, it's not left me. I personally look back at my somewhat formative years, and to this day, I can still remember the names of over 90% of my teachers. Those who I cannot remember obviously had little impact on me. Some were neighbors. Others became tutors to me in troubled areas, long after they were no longer a part of my daily life. And still others I met some years later and were surprised that I could actually instruct them. But as with many of us, there was always one. It was 1958, and that year I attended the Crestwood Elementary School in Northbrook, Illinois. It was this one fortuitous year that I would receive the greatest gift of my so-called formal education, a year to remember for many reasons. Chiefly among them was my teacher, Donald Adair. In those years, history, or social studies as they called it, was taught from the outset of our formative years. How many times would we learn the stories of Columbus or Magellan and the other explorers? in addition to the tales of the Sons of Liberty in the original American Revolution. But you see, Mr. Adair took me down an entire adventuresome path when he embarked on something called the Civil War. And nearly six odd decades later, I'm still excited to be on my quest for truth. And it all extends far beyond that period of history spanning the years of 1861 to 1865. My friends, our children have become truly damned and will have little chance to truly succeed in this nation unless the system can be overturned. And it must be. The village is the place that I would not wish to be in today. I was privileged to participate in one of the last non-socialist school systems. Hell, I don't know. Maybe it had already begun, but I had great teachers. And now here I said at nearly 76 years of age, I can still picture and name over 90% of those whose care I was placed in. What we present here, what I have attempted to present on this website, metropolis.cafe. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Metropolis and how that all came about. All this includes a range of commentary by a wide range of authors, which may well not fit into other designated categories. But I'm going to provide, well, you know, a little of this, a little of that. I look at the words of Jaime Escalante, who stated, I tell my students, you do not enter the future. You create the future. The future is achieved through hard work. As the esteemed Dr. Rosemary Stein, M.D., has stated, that the only way socialism has any chance in America... is for the education system to push it in schools. Remember, the father of their modern education elite beliefs is John Dewey. Dewey was a communist, a failed teacher who pushed what are now clearly failed education theories. Rosemary states, This militant crowd is comprised of uninformed, misinformed people looking at themselves as Unfortunate, underpaid, underappreciated victims of capitalism. Overwhelmed with jealousy that there are people who are everything they are not. Rosemary concludes by saying you are going to have to take ownership over the education of your children. Part of the problem with that statement is is that a large number of those of you who are listening are not parents any longer. Other than have grown children. So you've got grandchildren or great grandchildren. Let me share this with you that for the past quarter of a century or more, I have been the frustrated history teacher while broadcasting on the alternative medium. But it remains, as always, again, for me to pay back Donald Adair and many of my other wonderful and talented educators. These poor people would not recognize what has happened to their profession today. Read? Johnny can't read or write or spell or add or subtract. And besides that, he can't even think for himself. Because it takes a village to raise a child. In our book, it seems that the old-fashioned way of teaching, reading, writing, and arithmetic served this nation pretty damn well for an awfully long time. What happened? Why is it that we now have a nation of followers... ...instead of thinkers? Unfortunately, my friends, I do not... ...I do recognize it. I recognize what the public school system... ...and the teaching profession had become today. They had become merely centers of indoctrination. And to this end... Metropolis Cafe was born to teach, to educate, to share the good, the bad, and the ugly of the education industry and what it has become. For those of you who have not visited our website, I invite you to do so for reasons we'll continue to try to make you aware of. There's ways you can sign up on the front page for notifications of new posts, all of which will be very diverse and factual. Metropolis.cafe is a site where you'll be able to learn just what your options are as relates to public schools and private schools and homeschooling. And my friends, the future of your children, our children, and grandchildren, and great-grandchildren depends on what we will bring and continue to bring to this site. Oh, and and, and by the way, when we first opened the pages of Metropolis, our goal was to share a lot of true American history, and I continue to do that. Just as we did on the original Federal Observer back in 2001. I invite you to introduce real history to your children and grandchildren through the pages of words and deeds. And as always, there'll be far more to come. Words and deeds on Metropolis.cafe is also known as wisdom and knowledge. All these things are important. But keep these things in mind, with the exception of some of the above. The balance of our education data is being retrieved and merged back to the pages of Metropolis Cafe. When we read the words of Alan Karuba, J.D. Longstreet, Granny, Lynn Finney and others, you'll be shocked as to how far ahead of the curve that they were 20 plus years ago. But they helped to lay the foundation for what is now the Metropolis Cafe on the original Federal Observer. And yet while we will continue to offer the bad and the ugly, it's our intent to offer much of the good that is out there as well. Oh, and there is much good if you just look for it. But keep in mind, it's time to Take our children back. But in order to do it, you must do more than just read. And in our website, we continue to try to show the what's, the why's, and the wherefore's. My dedication to this endeavor will be as much as the dedication given me by one of my elementary school teachers, who I've made reference to several times this evening already. Let us guide our children towards creation of the future. But my friend, the time is past due for we, the people, to take back the responsibility of who raises and who teaches our children. And with your help, in the words of our contributors, we will do our best to bring your children to the world which they deserve to live in. And as I close this this segment... On Metropolis.café. Which, by the way, you can read. If you go to Metropolis.café, next to the word home is the word Le Cafe." You will be able to read exactly what I just shared with you. Thank you, Mr. Adair. I will see you at sundown. It is interesting... An article that I came across several hours ago that I made a decision instantly to publish on Metropolis.cafe. Well, in just a few minutes, you'll understand the whole meaning of Metropolis and how it came about and the whys and the wherefores. The article we published, and and before I get to this, let me share with you some of the so-called categories we have on this website. We have a category called Le Metropolis Library. We don't have as much as I would like to have on there, but there are entire books that may be read at no cost on that website. You can download your PDFs. We have a category called Common Corruption. Category, Homeschooling. Category, Mr. Adair's Classroom. Category, Annie's Classroom. Linda's Classroom, Mr. Benson's Answers, Major Surgeon's Classroom, another category out of the past, the Archive Editions. Some of the articles published in there go way, way back to the early 2000s and the early Federal Observer. We have another category called Perspectives. Interesting. I love the commentary. Intelligence is not knowing everything without question. It is the ability to question everything you think you know. We have a section, a category called profiles. Another one, sometimes a great notion. Village of the damned. All of these things for distinct reasons, more of which we'll share with you shortly. And so the column that I published today drew me in instantly, written by Charles um, Kirbish for the Brownstone Institute. Did lockdowns finish off public schooling? Why did that that title draw me because that's exactly what happened to my granddaughter. she's nineteen and a half now. she goes to college. She has a job, but in her sophomore, junior, and senior years of high school, COVID came about, locked the kids out of school. They were sent home with computers, and there was no interaction with teachers, no interactions with students, nothing. That's why this thing drew my attention. Did lockdowns finish off public schooling? I'm not going to share most of the article with you. I want to draw you to metropolis.cafe to read it yourself. In 2017, I was ready to pull the plug and just say, screw it and shut it down. The entire website. Until I began to begin receiving emails and texts begging me not to because things that we had done through this website made a difference for their families for their children, their grandchildren. They began to homeschool. They began to put some of their kids in charter schools. There's much in this website that teaches real history lessons. We're not going to get into all of it today. More willing the article begins by our author saying, we moved to a good school district. The area was growing, built for families like ours. All the public schools in the area received A or eight tenth tenth ratings. There were two very expensive and very fancy private schools in the area. It was an idyllic place to raise our children. And in res- retrospect, we had a few frustrations with the public schools. Some of the curriculum seemed ridiculous. The math, in particular. The apps used to communicate with the teachers were barely functional. It was somewhat difficult to track what the kids were learning. But the teachers had no complaints. So we didn't make any either, said the author. But in March of 2020, the world changed. The entire school experience became a series of apps on a screen. Classes met daily in the morning on Zoom. All of the curriculum was hastily added to Schoolology during the initial two-week lockdown. Oh, I still want to call it Schoolology, he says, but we became intimate partners with the printer and the scanner. And they were necessary to scan and upload completed assignments. The initial two-week closure was extended to the end of April. With only one more month of schools after that, the district remains shuttered for the rest of the year. School would remain a computer screen. I know that each one of you listening right now understands every word that I just shared with you. As you should. I invite you to go to metropolis.cafe. Top article. Top article. Top of the page. Did lockdowns finish off public schooling? Oh, and as far as our opening music, every once in a while I find the need to publish that video on the website. Hey, teacher, leave those kids alone. Those are the real reasons you should homeschool your children. Another article below: at mom who homeschools her children reveals that she lets her one-year-old play in and eat mud. It's quite a story. Something I very rarely do. Under the profiles section, I published a very lengthy piece about Jimmy Carter's last moments with his wife, Rosalind, partner of eight decades. You don't have to like her. You don't have to dislike her. You don't have to care for what party they belong to. That was never the point. And that's the beauty of the whole story. Oh, another article on the front page right now is entitled, The Number One Thing Parents Are Completely Forgetting to Teach Their Kids Today. Think there isn't a lot to learn here? Yeah, there is. But let's take this down a different path. What is the meaning of the name Metropolis Cafe, Bennett? No, That question's been posted to me many times, my friends. As my biography shows, I've been broadcasting on the alternative airways for well over two and a half decades. In addition to being the publisher of numerous websites including one which was founded seven weeks before the wake-up call referred to as 9-11. At the time, it was a somewhat unique site, covered many issues that few would publish. By 2003, we were pulling in millions of hits every month from readers all over the world. And due to my growing concerns for the general direction which our faltering education system was headed, even back then, I created a new category entitled Village of the Damned. Well, the title, of course, did not necessarily come from a movie, although it worked. Yeah, it came to a 1960 film of the same name. But it was so named because of then First Lady Hillary Clinton's comment that it takes a village to raise a child. In addition to my feelings that our children were truly damned if this system should be allowed to continue. And so in addition to the expansion of the website, I occasionally began to devote two-hour segment of my daily broadcast to the very issues of concern. But somewhere in our archives, we still have the original recordings of those programs. Maybe. No, oh well. We're straying from the question. What is the meaning of the name Metropolis Cafe? As a young child, I remember the relatively early days of television when they began to show movies with Many commercial interruptions, by the way. All the old black and white stuff, you know. Among the first movies that I could recall was Red River with John Wayne, Montgomery Clift, Walter Brennan. Oh, I was hooked on the Duke from that night on. My family and I went to the East Troy, Wisconsin Theater many times between probably 1952, 1954, 1960. I can still remember most of the films we actually went to see. My continued love of film continued to expand. I recall in about maybe 1956 watching a 1936 film with Leslie Howard and Norma Shearer about four times in a single week at my grandfather's home outside of Eagle, Wisconsin. And as I've shared, I was the only grandchild born outside of the Highland Park, Illinois Hospital. Wisconsin was my home. And although I've not been there for some years, I still consider it my home. Oh, the film? George Cukor's Romeo and Juliet, which included a supporting cast featuring John Barrymore, Basil Rathbone, and Andy Devine. 1959. Errol Flynn died. I was introduced to a marvelous array of films, the likes of which I had never seen. And I have spent the last over half a century reading, studying, watching, collecting photos, lobby cards, posters, and more, which related to films and the making of them. I was collecting at a time when the studios were throwing this stuff away. (laughs) Yeah, me and Debbie Reynolds, huh? 1962. Through a total fluke, I was introduced to the world of the silent film. Fairbanks, Pickford, Chaplin, Valentino, ship, Fatty Arbuckle, Harold Lloyd, Keaton, Lon Chaney, and so many more. We'll pick this up when we come back from the break. Stay with us, won't you?
0: The best of the free life is still yet to come. The good times ain't over for good.
3: are free, and we provide a free title search to confirm if your mortgage has legal defects.
1: Email tom at republicbroadcasting.org. T-O-M at republicbroadcasting.org. Or call us at 818 965 9113, Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. California time. That's 818 965 9113, drinksupertea.com. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few highlights. Extendivite works in keeping my blood pressure in the normal range. I have been using Extendivite for many years great product. I use regularly, and I rarely get sick. This product has relieved what appeared to be angina pain in my chest and shortness of breath after climbing stairs. I'm quite happy about it. My husband, son, and I have been using this product for a few months now, and we have noticed an improvement in our joints and blood pressure. To order, call 1-877-928- 8822 or visit extendovite.com that's x-t-e-n-d-o-v-i-t-e dot com
0: Extend your life with me. Why don't we liberate these United States? We're the ones who need it worse. Let the rest of the world help us for change, and let's rebuild America first. Our highways and bridges are far. Yeah, far. welcome
2: back, my friends. Jeff Petting sitting in on this Monday for uh, Maggie Rose and the Concord Lantern. Glad to have you here. We were talking a few moments ago about some of the silent film stars that I began to see and experience in 1962, and then I saw my first foreign Russian silent film, Battleship Potemkin, and others, with a young Greta Garbo. Then it was the German films, Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, Nosferatu, directed by F.W. Murnau, and the single film which has influenced the way that I have thought for all these years. Metropolis, directed by the amazing Fritz Lang in 1927. Metropolis was one of the last German expressionist films. It was the most expensive silent film ever made. Metropolis was set in a futuristic urban dystopia dystopia, and examined the social crisis between workers and owners in capitalism. When I first saw the film, it was less than an hour and a half in length, and yet due to the miracle of time, the film has been restored to its nearly two and a half hour length. Oh, It took many years to restore the film to as close to its original state as possible, and there are several versions of the film online. I've actually provided one of them on our website, metropolis.cafe. When I first launched Metropolis Cafe Project in early 2017. The version of the film previously posted was the most up-to-date, restored version of that film. But it was later removed from the net due to copyright infringements by the copyright holders. And so, even though we've got the entire film published and posted... Be advised that the following presentation appears to be the fully restored version. If not, however, you will more than understand. Because in addition, this film is closely watched and guarded. It's the fourth or fifth offering of this film that we have posted. If it should once again be blocked, you certainly must let us know. But I've had it published here since July of 2021. And it's still here. Now, in this film which has provided the title and inspiration for the Metropolis Cafe, not because of the social crisis between workers and owners and capitalism, but to me. It has always represented the differences in the class of the educated versus the un- or under-educated, the workers or the givers versus the takers, as it were. One only needs to notice the opening scene of the factory workers where it sets the stage. And yet, there are many segments of the film which will take the viewer down additional paths, including spirituality, debauchery, and even, as some have suggested, occultism. And one will draw from the film what touches you. You may agree with my assessment or you may disagree. And yet, welcome to the Metropolis.cafe. We first learn from our mistakes, and then we teach. You see, my friends, the time is past due for we, the people, to take back the responsibility of who raises and who teaches our children. And with your help, And the words of our contributors, we will do our best to bring your children to the world which they deserve to live in. That's a lot to consider. Is it not? It has been a very long time since I took any time to talk about this website in the metropolis library we chose to take a different direction that was originally planned about the inception of this site in 2017 as of october 8th 2020 we began to invite people to join us in the library for the very purpose that libraries were established so very long ago, to check out a book, to read, to study, to learn. And yet there's one advantage to our library. You don't need a card to check out what we have to offer. The books which we will make available and continue will be yours and your children's and your grandchildren's for the taking as our gift to young and old alike. Read, learn, share. That is all that we ask of you. For whether you're a parent, an educator, or a student, it will be up to you to study, to learn about things which can make a difference in the direction and future of our children and this nation. For there in our future. You know, sometimes the old-fashioned three R's ain't such a bad way to go. For there are some days we need to look back upon history to better understand who we are, where we came from. And so we invite you to let yourself begin this amazing journey into preparing for the future. Sometimes by learning from the past. I there's no special order in the publications of the books which we've made available. At some point in time we may have to break them down into a calendar. We have in depth copies of the Anti-Federalist Papers, and more. John Adams, A Defense of the Constitutions of Government of the United States of America, dated 8, 1787 and 1788. Charles Dickens, A Tale of Two Cities. Uh, That's the great, great grandson of my friend, Charles Dickens. I think about the words of Dickens. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom, the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the season of hope and the winter of despair. We had everything before us. We had nothing before us. We were all going direct to heaven. We were all going direct the other way. And in short, the period was so far like the present period that some of its noisiest authorities insisted on its being received for good or for evil in the superlative degree of comparison only. Profound words. We got Henry David Thoreau's On the Duty of Civil Disobedience, published in 1849 by the Massachusetts essayist and radical. (laughs) and it was originally published as Resistance to Civil Government we have a piece entitled The Great Question which was published by the New York Times on March the 30th 1861 The Defense of Virginia and Through Her of the South published in July of 1867 The Unpoisoning of the U.S. Educational System The Blaine Amendment Reconsidered A book which some of you know I published some years ago called The South Was Right. A phenomenal booklet. I still have copies of the book. I would be more than happy to mail them out just for the cost of the postage to get them to you. But I've got the entire book published on Metropolis.cafe called The South Was Right. Written by S.A. Steele in June of 1914. Another book entitled Night's. Crossing, which I also referred to as remembering a friend, written by a man who went by the name of J.D. Longstreet, who was a long, long-time contributor to the, the works of my endeavors, who's been gone now for some years, and I can so greatly miss him. Another book written by William Pearson Tolly, Chancellor of Syracuse University in nineteen forty three entitled All Children Left Behind. Another book by, I think, Murray Rothbard, History of Money and Banking in the United States, Colonial Era to World War II. And a piece written by a friend of mine, Lynn M. Philly. I'm sorry, Lynn M. Finney, entitled Systems, Education Defined. In her beginning, she says, the focus of the classroom is no longer reading, writing, and arithmetic. The focus of the classroom is unit themes or thematic units that fall in four areas. World economy, world ecology, world security, and world population growth. Collectively, these four define social and life Related issues. It's been a while since I've added any other books. The terrible thing is I've got a bunch of them sitting here. It's a little involved to do it. But I want to get back to it. The Metropolis Library. Wisdom and knowledge. Ho, 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 ho. that begins a whole different ballgame. A massively whole different ball game. What I began was a culmination of a nearly 20-year-long project by Kettlemarine Publications. It included the intellectual battle which led to the formation of the law of the land, our Constitution. We have continued to publish many of the papers and proclamations which came before. Including such works as the Mayflower Compact, Articles of Confederation some of which had been previously published in a book that I compiled and, and, and printed some years ago. But you'll note our, notice our first posting, the Magna Carta, dated 1215. But this is where our American Revolution began, my friends, and the entirety of this project will be lengthy and arduous, as there are over 700 pages of records to load, possibly include cross-references between both the Federalist and Anti-Federalist papers alone. Hopefully our end result will provide one of the most thorough and complete dissertations of these monumental records ever published online, with planned 4 links connecting the point and counterpoint views of the participants and authors. Not an easy thing to do. And so, I came to words and deeds, but I'd hope would be an important segment of Kettlemarine addressing the history of this experiment, which we call America, a project which began in the spring of 2001 for me, and ultimately became one of the most internationally successful series of posts, believe it or not, on the first-generation Federal Observer website, beginning in October of 2001. Hence... We attempt to present the words, the letters, the speeches, the papers, and far more from its earliest days that made America what she was to become. Before the fall, for teachers and educators, as well as those who just want to expand their historical knowledge, yeah, I'm still proud to present this project to you. Oh, and there's still far more to go. It's an eight-chapter series right now. Chapter 1 is entitled Orphans of the Storm. Covers the period of 1215 to 1632. Birth of a Nation, 1633 to 1800. Growing Pains of the Republic, 1801 to 1856. What God has joined, 1857 to 1869. Towards New Horizons, 1870 to 1931. Depression. The New Deal and beyond from 1932 to 1945. Beyond Victory and Toward a New Frontier. 1946 to 1963. And the decline and fall of the American Empire. 1963 to, well, we don't know. But it's the later chapters that I've added so little to. It becomes amazingly frustrating. I could put in two to three hours every single day. It's amazing. I would invite you to scan every one of these segments. Go to metropolis.cafe. You can read much of what I've shared with you today. Le Metropolis Café, Metropolis the Story, Le Metropolis Library, Wisdom and Knowledge. You learn much just looking at the wisdom and knowledge. Go into the introduction section just below what I just shared with you. opens with a phenomenal quotation from Samuel Adams who said your adversaries are composed of wretches who laugh at the rights of humanity, who turn religion into derision, and would, for higher wages, direct their swords against the leaders of their country. We have no other choice than independence. I'll see you at sundown. That's another story. And it's a lengthy one chapter that I wrote so many years ago talking about the 1940 film MGM movie, Northwest Passage starring Spencer Tracy as Major Robert Rogers Robert Young is a fictional cartographer Harvard graduate, Langdon Town and there were several instances where Rogers and his master mapmaker would be separated for one reason or another, whether for hours or longer and each time they parted, Rogers would say to town, I'll see you at sundown a line of dialogue I've never forgotten. As I originally wrote, parts of what I'm sharing with you right now is past one o'clock in the morning on February the 5th of 2017. As I ponder on my seven-plus decades on this earth, I wonder what my grandchildren will face when they reach my age. I wonder what my great-grandchildren will face But during these years, I've watched and witnessed the decline and the fall of this once great republic, which my ancestors had fought for. Those who came to these shores shortly after the Mayflower settled in Boston in 1633. David Selick. Those who fought for freedom and liberty during the War of Our Independence. Those who forged wester to settle in what was then known as the West. Ohio, Illinois, Wisconsin. And those who chose to fight for what they believed in during this war of northern aggression. My great-uncle Sam Cole of Harvard, Illinois. And although I remember much of my early life, I specifically remember my awakening at the Crestwood Elementary School in Northbrook, Illinois. Interesting enough, the only year I attended that school, and as I've shared with you what a year it was, what a teacher it was, Donald Adair. after so long, all these years of broadcasting, only wish that I knew of his whereabouts or if he still lives. In my mind, he still does, and to this day I thank him for his guidance. It was during his tutelage that I learned to question the stories being told of what we refer to this country as the Civil War. First of all, let's get it out in the open. No war has anything to do with civility. The war between the states was fought over three main issues, economics, taxes, and states' rights, as per the Tenth Amendment of the United States Constitution. Slavery being a minor issue at the time. The things I was taught in 1957 and 58 by a man who had not been brainwashed by the machinations and manipulations of the likes of John Dewey and Horace Mann. Government programs such as Goals 2000 and No Child Left Behind, all children left behind, in my opinion. All these things that evolved later. Donald taught me how to read between the lines, how to search out the truth, how to share it with others. And with a class prepared to put on a series of short performances regarding this period in history, I was asked to participate in the surrender of General Robert E. Lee to General Ulysses S. Grant at Appomattox Courthouse at the end of the war. I was offered whichever role I wanted. I chose the gentleman for Virginia to have never regretted it. I knew then. Will everyone be satisfied with our inclusions? Probably not. And I expect to hear from readers asking, why didn't you include this? Or why didn't you include a speech given by that communist? Because frankly, this is our story what I do will be offered in, for the most part, historically chronological order, beginning at a time in history before Columbus sailed the ocean blue. For as one who has spent years reading and studying American history and subsequently teaching it on the air, and through the nearly 80,000, 90,000 posts on our various websites, I have marveled at the ability to... Affect individual human beings in how we have been able to change their lives in dedication to God, the country, and their respective families. And my friends, it is my hope that I'll be able to facilitate further change in attitude and knowledge with this revamped section of Metropolis.cafe. A section originally offered on the Federal Observer, believe it or not, back in 2002. But I believe that in order to understand the nation's current conundrum and how we got there, we must first understand our history. Something no longer discussed or taught in our government-controlled indoctrination centers. You know, the ones known as schools. I invite you to let this be your family's school, or at least a part of it. Consider the works of the great painters, Matisse, Van Gogh, Rembrandt, Renoir, so many others. In their lifetimes, they received little or no recognition, often trading their works for a meal or a month's lodging. But it was not until long after they were gone was their genius and their value as artists finally recognized, each in their own way, changed a small part of the world and its love of understanding of beauty. I do not consider myself a genius or an artist on par with those great artists, my friends, but I do hope that what I offer here on this program and in this website might one day change the way someone thinks and acts. That and it unto itself might benefit the nation of the world as a whole. And to teach those who wish to learn. These are among my goals for what time I have left here on God's good earth. And to leave my grandchildren and all the children of the earth. The history of this grand experiment known as America. With both its successes... And failures. As I close in many respects so often. I'll see you at sundown. And I signed it accordingly. I know this has been an unusual for hour for many of you. It's a challenge. It's a challenge not for me. It's a challenge for America. It's a challenge for you to help make a difference. In the future of this nation, through the teachings, the education of your children, your grandchildren, your great grandchildren. Don't slough it off. I won't. I can't. I absolutely refuse to just say, eh, it's my kids' problem. Let them raise their children. I can't do that. You take care of yourselves. I'll be back in a few minutes with the second hour of the Concord Ladder.
0: Why would you rather be a mule? A mule is an animal with all funny ears, up at anything he hears. His back is brawny and his brain is weak. He's just plain stupid with a stubborn streak. And by the way, if you hate to go to school... You may grow up to be a mule. Oh, would you like to swing on a star, carry moonbeams home in a jar, and be better off than you are? Or would you rather be a pig? A pig is an animal with dirt on its face. His shoes are a terrible disgrace. He has no manners when he eats his food. He's fat, lazy, and extremely rude. But if you don't care a feather or a pig, you may grow up to be a pig. Or oh, would you like to swing on a star, carry things home in a jar, and be better off than you are? Or would you rather be a fish? A fish won't do anything but swim in a He can't write his name or read a book. To fool the people is his only thought Yeah, but even though he's slippery, he still gets caught But then if that sort of life is what you wish You may grow up to be a fish And all the monkeys are in the zoo Every day you meet quite a few So you see, it's all up to you You can be better than you are You could be swinging on stars All up to you You can be better than you are You could be swinging on stars We want this country back We ain't just joking, Jack